So it's oh something. It's Oscar uh, Meyer Wiener. Automatopia. Oliver and just, Company. Just okay. <laughs> I like that, Tom. I can't, I can't. I don't even want to continue the joke anymore. That's how good that was. That's it. We're done. Proud of you. Proud of you. How you doing, sir? Oh, who me? Oh, yeah, I'm, you. I'm Peachy Keen Jelly Bean. How oh, are you? Welcome, uh, welcome, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, well, like you know, sometimes you have to bring me down from the front office. <laughs> I appreciate that. That's so swell of you, sir. So well, I, I came back to check on you guys. I, I, I thought you know maybe they need some coffee, mm-hmm. perhaps some biscotte. And you were like, hey, you want to sit down and, and hop on the mic? And I was like, well, I have a few moments, so why not? What a guy. Wow. What a goddamn guy. You can see even Rocky's excited and everything like that. It's a hell oh, of a yeah. day. I mean, now, can, can we be honest? Yeah. Really, the only reason I said yes is because I wanted to see Rocky. I, mean, I will say you, your eyes lit up when you see him when, <laughs> when you walk through the door. Uh, and, and I'm quite okay with that. So it is what it is. it is. Now, do you remember how to podcast? You kind of. Um, I think you need I to just, do like practice reps or something. I, I think I got this. I think I could just talk into the mic. Isn't that what I do? Where's Mr. Fantastic? Mr. Fantastic? He, he's gone. He's not. He's Monitor. Not. <laughs> All of them are gone. Talking to the mic. They're dead, Dave. <laughs> All of them are gone. By the way, there was a, a moment a few episodes ago uh, where I did point out that uh, in the recap, uh-huh. you uh, you said something along the lines busting my chops when we were in studio OG. Like, you're only going to last like an, a year or so before we have to get another producer. <laughs> well... You know, it didn't work out that it way. It didn't work out that way. Good for you. You won. Uh, did, did I, though? <laughs> did I? Did I? I'm trying to stay positive. Well, at least somebody is. Uh, boys, welcome to episode 578 of Geek Stuff TNG. Um, the one we haven't quite named yet. Um, we'll figure that out as the day comes along. Yes. We are We are big Kevless. We at are. The moment. He is, what is he time zone wise? Is he, is he like 14 hours ahead? He's very much ahead of us. Very yes. much or behind? No, ahead. No, he's definitely ahead. He's yeah, ahead. yeah, he's yeah. definitely ahead. Um, Giggity. Uh, so he's, uh, he's enjoying his vacation as he deserves. Uh, and hopefully, uh, you know, he, he asked me nicely. So hopefully he's bringing me back something from his vacation. Like, you know. A good friend does. Wouldn't yeah, that be? Wouldn't that yeah. be swell of him? Yeah. So, guys, let's uh, start the show off by uh, talking about the wonderful Patreon tiers. You know, uh, just gonna keep moving right past that thing. Where I like that idea. <laughs> wow. You want to support us over at Patreon dot Patreon dot com forward slash Geek Stuff TNG. Mm-hmm. You're part of the lovely one dollar tier where you can be part of the Discord. Monty is very active in the Discord. OG even. Was in the Discord a little bit this morning, I saw. You know, I try to come by once in a while and say hello to the people. Insulting you, Somebody has to be on the Discord sandwich. You know. I was on the Discord today. I was part of that whole thing I with think, OG. Crowd. I think we're, technically we're, speaking, insulting. as far as people involved in the show, I am now the second most involved in the Discord. <laughs> <laughs> Continue, please, Dominic. At the $3 tier, you get the early bird special. You'll get the show a day and a half early, which is usually Tuesday night. A sneak peek at the prep sheet. Mm-hmm. And you'll, of course, get access to Discord as stated before. At the five dollar tier, you get the bonus round, where you get the lovely bonus shows. Uh, this currently being held by Monty at some point. Uh, you know, once the people get off my back and I can fucking open my shop again, uh, the sandwich shop will reopen. You which, also get access. Which by, which, by the way, by, by the way, OG, I was so exhausted doing the other one. I actually did it coming home from Toy Fair, and uh, Sandwich here pointed out the fact that um, I was just absolutely ridiculous and said words and <laughs> phrases backwards. That absolutely made no sense. And, li- and listening, and the sad part is when I was tired, I listened back to it, still didn't catch it. I mean, that's that's kind of how that works, though. I feel like that's par for the course. Welcome to the club. Yeah. <laughs> Go on, sir. You also get uh, the two vintage episodes a month. 
I think we're currently on episode like 49 or 50. I don't know. We're up there. We're wow. in some shows. We're in an amount of shows. And a $10 tier, you get to see us live from Instagram. Like the many lovely people there. I can't really see how many, but there's at least one. <laughs> well. You're selling that really, really good, Dom. Really, wow, really that's, good. I mean, I know I'm convinced. There now. you go. <laughs> see? See, that's all it took. That's it. I'm a simple man. Is that much? Very true. Dom. What are we calling you now? <laughs> Depends who's talking to right. <laughs> Asshole. Uh, hey, hey, hey. Uh, so, we have lots of stuff to talk about. Lots of stuff. Yes. Um, Do we have lots of stuff? I couldn't get the prep sheet until about three seconds ago. There you go. We have uh, an amount of things. We, we have things. Uh, really, uh, we have a big breaking news that happened not long ago, and we have Toy Fair recap uh, with some product from Toy Fair as well, uh, which we will hit on the Toy Fair stuff on the second half of the show. But let's just kind of dive into everything. And the big news that dropped, uh, I'm going to say maybe just a few hours ago, Disney's CEO, Bob Iger, is leaving, the, or I shouldn't say leaving, but he's stepping down as a CEO. Bob Iger is out uh, as of Tuesday, late afternoon-ish. Uh, the Walt Disney Company named his replacement Bob Chapek, yeah. C-H-A-P-E-K. Right. Uh, he was recently the chairman of Disney's Parks Experience and Products business. Uh, Iger will remain uh, executive chairman through the end of his contract, which goes till December 31st of 2021. Um, and here's the thing. I, I mentioned in the last episode, I think it was the last episode, that I just listened to, um, uh, or rather just read his, uh, his recent book. Iger's? Uh, Bob Iger's book. Uh, good read. Sure. Uh, it kind of talked, it, it talked about some behind the scenes on acquiring Star Wars, Marvel, um, Fox, which that each part of that can be its own book right there in, in oh, I'm real, sure. realism. Uh, and he made it sound like he was going to be, this wasn't going to be happening for another year or so. Right. So I'm not surprised that it's happening now. Uh, I'm kind of curious as to why, why did he kind of aim for down the road to end up being now? Well, I mean, maybe I'm just being literal here, but if you, if the impression that you got was that he was leaving in a year based on what you read in the book, the book was probably written a year ago. Well, he, well, no, no, no well, well, no, he said, he said, <laughs> oh, okay. that it was gonna be he like, said like 2021 yeah, or something, something along like those okay. I don't remember the exact uh, phrasing, but he's also got on the record in interviews saying yeah. more or less the same thing. The only thing I can really think of is that, uh, how can I say this over his 15 ish years, uh, as his top dog in the company, he's done everything he's going to do. That's probably likely it. And Disney is probably looking to usher in whatever the next wave is. And they probably threw a bunch of money at him. Who knows? He might have had a contract that they bought him out of. Um, I'm a little concerned about the guy that picked, though, if I'm being honest. Is there a particular reason? Or is it just the fact that there's change and it makes you a little uh, nervous in this case? No, no. There is a particular reason. Because um, as someone who's a fan of Disney outside of just the films right mm -hmm. like i'm a fan of the parks and the fan experience and stuff like that i kind of feel like the parks um outside of galaxy's edge although some people would even argue that galaxy's edge sputtered and faltered quite a bit um uh, i i feel like the parks have been a little bit directionless okay uh, outside of galaxy's edge i feel like their number one um their number one focus has been just raising admission and ticking prices. And so I'm wondering how someone who comes in with that sort of business acumen slides into the shoes of someone like Bob Iger, who was 
a visionary on yes. top of being a businessman. Yes. Um, and so I think my concerns lie with, I, look, I don't know this guy very well, obviously, but I, what I know is the direction that the parks have taken in the last couple of years. Yeah. And so I'm kind I'm, you know, I'm conflating the two and we'll see what happens, I guess. I mean, exactly what you just said. Like, we don't know much about this guy. So there's that. We know with Bob Iger that <clears throat> he was with ABC well before Disney got involved. Right. Uh, the projects that he uh, greenlit, but he also surrounded himself with obviously really good people. Uh, I mean, you don't roll on the dice on a, something like Twin Peaks. Uh, at the time, America's Funniest Video was God knows how popular, like the first few seasons. Um, and that was when NBC was like the big boy on the block. Uh, and they were crushing ABC. Way crushing. Back when. And granted, not, he, you know, there's only so much credit one man can get, but he orchestrated all of that. Um, with the acquisitions, with the expansions, with the parks and yada, yada. Uh, so I think more than anything else, I feel like Bob Iger is like setting a lot of good pieces up for success for this, for, for this next uh, person. So again, it's kind of interesting. Like what is going to be the first step he's going to make? What's going to be that first trying to, you know, acquisition, expansion? Uh, you know, what's going to be that first thing? Well, so just looking up a little bit more information on this guy, he's at least been with the company since 93 being Disney. Um, so he knows the brand. He knows the brand. He knows he's the only been with the park since 2018. And his contract is actually quite limited. His contract started on February 24th of this year. Okay. But his first contract is only a three year deal, which sounds like a lot but in this grand scheme of things the ceo of one of the largest companies in the world three years is not a lot i wonder if he's a transitionary ceo or if it's a trial period well bob well bob Iger was the if i remember correctly he's the second highest paying ceo of last year yes so i'm not expecting them to put him into that same stratosphere no. right off the bat but again maybe they put him into in charge of the parks because like they're grooming this guy to be the ceo so they want him to kind of run the parks a little bit to get like a little bit of everything under his belt, which which would make sense. It would make sense if that was the if that was kind of the last piece of the puzzle that he hadn't quite um, had experience when it's possible that he's been groomed for the past three years. Mm -hmm. And this was this was the last of his training. <laughs> now, now, the only thing that's really I think he has he's it's troublesome for him is there's a there's a big shift happening with Marvel mm -hmm. just because. Infinity Gauntlets, Infinity, Infinity Saga is all done with. Right. Star Wars. Yep. What are they going to do next? It's anyone's bet other than Mandalorian, which everyone's kind of clamoring at right, right. now. Yeah. Uh, Pixar. Right. Kind of what are they going to do that's fresh or new? Because right now it just feels like they're just doing sequels right at the moment. Well, is that new movie that's coming out in a couple weeks? Is that Pixar or is that Disney Animation? Which one? Onward. That's uh, the one with I know uh, of it. I don't Chris know Pratt one. and Tom Holland. I think that's Disney Animation. It is. Okay. Is okay. It, that's the like the fantasy themed one. I know which one yeah, that yeah. is. I just don't know the banner that it falls under. Yeah. Uh, and of course, you have all the Fox and you have Disney Plus, which is just uh, right. You know, its own juggernaut right there. Uh, you have the parks with China with the problem that they're having with the coronavirus right now because that's crushing everybody. Uh, so many companies, not just Disney for that matter. Um, as the dog just flops on the floor. Yeah. Um, so. He's set up for a lot of success, but he's also set up for a lot of 
failures and, and issues at the same time. So the funny part is about this, um, and everything that you've said is, is true and accurate, but most of the Marvel projects that are currently in the works were all ushered in under Iger's regime. True. Right? Nothing past 2023 has actually been planned out yet. As far as Star Wars goes, outside of Mandalorian, there's not a lot of Star Wars going on in the film universe. Now, Star Wars just made a huge announcement yesterday, I think, about um, film, about books, games, and comic books, the High Republic era, mm -hmm. what they're calling, which is like a pre, 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 prequel. Um, so it, while all of those turmoily things are sort of going on, He's also coming in at a point where all of those things are either already in motion mm -hmm. or quiet. True. And so he might be given a little bit of a pass for those first couple of years. And again, that could be that could have been strategically planned to to give him that ramp up. True. And at the same time, there was also um, with Marvel over the last what year and a half or so, kind of like a setup with Feige in terms of who he has to report to, where does he have to go for funding, the project that he tackles next. Uh, again, going back to the Bob Iger book, it was maybe only like two sentences or a paragraph or so talking about the issues that he had to deal with, not so much with Feige, but with Ike Perlmutter, who is an yeah. enigma in himself. And that's that's yeah. something you guys need to just like look up on your own because it's crazy. He's an enigma wrapped in bacon. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, and some of the issues that that kind of cause and kind of rolled back to a very successful universe. Right. Um, which I really just, side note, I really hope for like decades down the road when everyone's out of the business, someone does write a whole book about all of that and on him, but that's a side note. That's but another another time. Whole other thing. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's one of those, like I got more questions than answers right now. Sure. Uh, wait, till, we have to wait till this guy actually uh, kind of talks. I think he, uh, the, the company actually had their investor call uh, an hour or so ago. So some of the headlines are still kind of coming out as we are recording this. Um, but yeah, I just think the first thing that they're going to do is going to be uh, very interesting in terms of how uh, they kind of go with their first big project under this guy's uh, supervision. Right. And I keep saying this guy because I'm just, just still not used to his. Shepek. Th thank you. It's crazy. How long has Disney been around? They've had only like six or seven CEOs. Yeah. Well, that's I mean, crazy. And, you know, I mean, it was what? It was Walt and Roy were in there for quite some time. And, and then they started kind of passing it around. So, mm -hmm. you know. You know what the funny part is? Just, again, not to go too much into it, but that the Bob Iger book, which I, I recommend everybody just checks out from a business standpoint or a Disney standpoint. And apparently it was very close with Steve Jobs. Not too surprising because of the whole uh, Pixar aspect of sure. things. Yeah. Um, but he says that if uh, Steve Jobs was still alive, at minimum, they would have talked about some kind of Disney Apple merger. Wow, that would been that would have been crazy. He says the talks would have at least happened. Sure, nothing could have happened, or a lot could have happened. Right, but just a possibility. Now, whatever lawmakers say in Washington about it, because obviously right. they can be like, no, 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 <laughs> no. Nay, nay, nay. How how big how big Jesus can you Christ. get? Basically, yeah. yes. But I don't know. Just that's just a cool kind of like uh, aspect of things. Disney's like one of those little capsule toys you had as a kid. And it's been just soaking in like revenue and growing ever since. In success. <laughs> in success. Um, all right, yeah. So we'll just kind of see and wait what happens there. Um, now, this news, I think this came, kind of came out like, or at least it happened earlier, but I didn't find out about it till Sunday night. 
uh, longtime uh, DC co-publisher Dan DiDio yeah, is no longer one. with the company. I thought this was going to be the big story of the day, yeah. and it was up to about a few hours <laughs> yeah, ago. Right. Uh, DiDio is no longer through the company, uh, and he is being, quote, removed from his position. Um, I don't know. Now, a lot of this, it feels like a lot of details are kind of happening here. But it also looks like he just got thrown out almost more than anything else. Yeah, he. It, th- none of this sounds like it was an amicable breakup. Something is fishy in this circumstance. Yeah, here. he did. He did something. And my guess was he had a couple of good ideas, and they were like, "No, none of those." Honestly, I thought about it something that was much more serious in terms of maybe not like a a Me Too sort of thing. Uh, but something that could have been kind of just like some kind of sketchy activity, maybe. Yeah, you know. But what? again, that's just the way the, some of of the course, articles of have been phrased, so you don't know because maybe he had, I don't know, maybe he had some kind of personal issue, and it was better for his contract being let go. This, who knows? Right. Who knows? I don't want to to speculate what the hell's going on. Um, what was unfortunate is the fact that uh, going to Toy Fair, checked out all the DC collectibles and everything, checked out their booth, which was amazing. <laughs> and I really wish I knew yeah. about it uh, beforehand. But what are you going to do? Now, it would be kind of curious to see what this means for the toys. What does this mean for the comics? Right. What does this mean for opportunity for the artists, for the writers? What does it mean for contracts? And so many different things um, in that spec. But it's just something's going on over there. Yeah, I wonder. I really, I really wonder. Um, I really wonder what it is. I, I You know, I, I don't know if. I don't know if he had a sordid history, to be honest with you. I, you know, I, I don't know a whole lot about him, to be totally honest. Yeah, he, he, I mean, he may have been at least partially responsible for keeping people like either man Skyver. Oh, his people are going to come after us, uh, or me, uh, whomever. Um, maybe he was partially responsible for that whack job. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you don't know a thing or two about either man Skyver, go down that rabbit hole one day. Get popcorn and put on a helmet but um youtube rabbit hole but uh yeah so you know who knows i'm sure it'll come out eventually someone is gonna say something eventually Mm -hmm. i know a couple of other creators have already kind of stepped up and defended him and you know put accolades on him i know bendis has already said a couple of nice things about him Mm -hmm. um somebody else too yesterday shit i can't remember who but so we'll see we'll see what happens yeah, so uh, hopefully that this doesn't cause a big disruption in the comics, right? Any kind of unfortunate or, or some kind of delays. Um, well, but in that regard, DC was just getting ready to relaunch again. Are they? Yeah, yeah. They were getting to to re 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 relaunch, mm-hmm. um, and like that's only a month or two out, I think. So maybe that has something to do with it too. You know, I, I don't know. It's nothing but guess, guessing. It's just a guessing game at this oh, point. Oh, of course, of course. Um, so it's important just to kind of recall, remember that, that we shouldn't go too, too crazy yeah. on that. But uh, I just, I hope that the comics don't suffer because I feel like, this is just me, I don't know how you guys feel that, I feel like the com- the comics overall, Marvel and DC, have been kind of like lackluster lately. Oh, no, no, no. They have been. I, well, I've stopped reading again, and it was because I got to that point where I was reading for the sake of reading mm-hmm. or for the sake of collecting or for the sake of some sort of weird loyalty to yeah. a product or character. And it, but that, the book, it was a torture every week. And I was like, no, I'm just going to stop buying books again. Yeah. Honestly, oh. if it, Daredevil and some of the image books, that's it for me yeah. um, personally. So um, uh, it, just, it sucks. I, I don't want to see the, I don't want to see good books suffer. So yeah, I hope if they're getting rid of Dido or Didio, how do you pronounce Didio. 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 Didio was a, was a singer. <laughs> 
<laughs> Whatever. Very long time. So don't get rid of the D dude. That's okay. I, I hope uh, the comics don't suffer for it. Yeah, we'll see. In- we'll see. Indeed. Um, let's get the Kevin Feige thing because we could have talked about some other stuff there. Um, I just got to hit on it again because this is a thing again and I'm, I'm actually really happy. Uh, not so much the headline in here, but Sonic the Hedgehog became number one at the box office this past weekend. It was just over $26 million. Right. Beating the, the Harrison Ford Disney movie. It's the one with the dog. I can't remember. What yeah. Homeward Bound. No, no, no. no. That's the one uh, from the 90s. Uh, <laughs> no, incredible. Is it an incredible journey? It's something, something like, like that. that. It's it? one yeah. of those kind of feel goody. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. looks like a Disney Hallmarky kind of thing. Um, but Sonic the fucking Hedgehog became number one at the box office. This gives me so much happiness. And I'll tell you why. Not because I give two shits about Sonic the Hedgehog, because I really don't. Although I heard it's actually pretty entertaining, and I probably will end up seeing it because Frodo. But <laughs> it gives me so much joy, because I was really concerned that the internet had bullied that movie company into changing Sonic's appearance, and then we're not going to support the film when it came out. Mm-hmm. That it was all just a big crybaby campaign. And people are going out which in droves pe- that's and supporting hap- the film. Which that's what happens so many times with the goddamn internet. But, right. And I absolutely agree with you. That was my biggest concern. And again, you don't, You always hate it when uh, art is pressured to look a certain way. Of whether it's censored, whether it's a certain execution. Uh, in a te- in this corporate world, though, to be honest with you. Like, Call of the I, Wild. They, 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 uh, proud of you. Uh. Uh, I, I, I'm, I just love the fact that this is still going on. Uh, now, unfortunately, it's being delayed in certain markets because of, again, the coronavirus, in sure. this case with China. Uh, so I'm not exactly sure where it's going to be right now between budget and profit margins and where it's going to sit at. Right. But in the first 100 days, it's uh, I forgot what the exact numbers are. Um, it, uh, yeah, I don't know what the exact numbers are projected to be. I don't have them in front of me. But it's expected to do gangbusters. But for, you know- for considering for the property and what it came from and the... The legacy of video game movies. And when it does hit that market, Japan, China, um, you know, all over that region, um, it's going to do gangbusters. It's going to go big. Because Sonic is a huge character. Video game culture is bigger there than it is here in a lot of regards. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no doubt that it's going to do well over there. And also, typically speaking, they tend to bitch a lot less about us than films. <laughs> <laughs> they bitch about what? Say again? B- bitch less than us, oh, meaning oh, the U.S., yeah, yeah, yeah. meaning our market. Mm. They tend to complain less. Um, uh, they still have joy in their lives. <laughs> Outside of the coronavirus. Outside of the coronavirus. <laughs> Outside of a really nagging cough. <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> uh, yeah, it. so that's just Gosh. that's just interesting how that's playing out. And uh, sure. it's interesting how it uh, opens the doors for other properties down the front line. I really, really, aside, know we really want to see a Toji and Earl movie. So, or show or no or you know maybe that's like a like an animated series on Netflix sort of deal or I would love uh, that. I, I don't know if you play any games on your PC. Uh, Not much of a PC guy, but I think it was These old '90s games. It was like a month ago or so on Steam. They re-released Toe Jam and Earl, and it was like five bucks. Yeah, it's on the Sega, <laughs> yeah. the the mini console. Oh, thing, oh my god, it was! A, I downloaded it right away. And it's I was fun, like, right? Yes, my life. See, Frodo can drive home on his own. You can, you can just stay here. We can play video games. <laughs> now, the only other game I really feel like I need to play, fuck Animal Crossing. I want to play Parappa the Rapper. That's what I want to play. <laughs> Do you remember that game? No, you're like way over my head. Oh, my God. One. Do you remember yes. Parappa the Rapper? Yes. M-I-X the flower in the bowl. Nothing? It was a good game. Okay, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna cut that little. You know, that's gonna be your text tone now for when uh, 
when you message me. So, so jokingly, you said the other week that it's like, oh, we're not going to turn Sonic the Hedgehog into the Smash Brothers universe. But I really, after you said that, and I was driving home, and I was like, I really want a Smash Brothers universe now because Monty said it. <laughs> because I don't know, I love Kirby. So seeing Kirby on on the TV on the movie screen, just like bopping around, being cute, and then beating people up. No, Detective Pikachu can can, can put time. those put those seeds in place. That's I mean, the, all I'm saying. You know. The, Consistently, the problem is Nintendo. Nintendo is way too tight with their franchises. Maybe when that theme park finally like fully opens up or whatever, that's going to happen in Universal. Um, Who knows how 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 but, delay yeah. you know the delays and because we we you know we were supposed to have a, a Zelda series like. For the past twenty years, was, at this yeah, point, yeah, yeah, and I think there was like a, the fake thing that dropped uh, what last year. Or? There was, but there was there was real news about it being developed, and then it died again. And you know, the, through the years, there's always been talk about um, Nintendo properties. Yes. And the only reason Detective Pikachu got made is because Nintendo, Nintendo doesn't, doesn't own full own rights to it. Yep. They own the rights to the games and stuff like that, but they don't own. The I think they own like fraction, yeah. like like ten, fifteen right. percent. But I don't don't hold me on that one. Although um, if Nintendo was smart, they would see the, how that movie did and be like, you know what, maybe. Yeah, it's for, it's amazing how a company that is uh, so open for change for their their hardware and their their yeah. games. I mean, just look at the way they've gone from GameCube to the Wii to the Switch. Yeah, for sure. Skip, skipping the Wii U, um, but everything else <laughs> is very like the Wii U. This, everything else is very like. No, this is the way it's always been. So yeah. It's kind of interesting. Uh, OG, how much time left do you have? Before um, you have I don't know. Out? I've got like 30 minutes or so. 30, 35 right, minutes. Let's, let's, let's do this because we, we are about like half hour-ish. We do have game stuff. Okay. We have some uh, some sound, some uh, voicemails from on a box, Ooh. Which, uh, which we're going to play. And then if we don't talk about it, we'll uh, talk about it on the bonus show. All so, right. Um, oh, yeah. That's right. Kev's not here. Uh-huh. And with that, gentlemen... We'll be right back on this episode of Geek Stuff TNG, episode 578, the one we have not named yet. Build your own X-Wing. Luke Skywalker's legendary Red 5 Starfighter from the Star Wars saga. The X-Wing is recreated in stunning detail in a massive 1 to 18 scale and comes complete with remote-activated working lights, R2-D2 motorized wings, removable hyperdrive opening cockpit, and a magazine full of fascinating facts, plus an amazing step-by-step assembly guide. You will also receive a free binder, power pack, and bookends model space. Hi guys, it's on a box. Uh, I just saw something online about something they're doing in Walt Disney in Florida. It's called um, Star Wars Galactic Cruiser. And it's a new hotel that they're putting up. And it's like a whole experience where when you get there, you go into a launch pod and says it makes it look like you're going up into a Star Cruiser. And it's a two-day, two-night stay. And you have a whole kind of experience of training for things and all these different kind of things. I'll try and link the um, article to the Discord or the Facebook, but it looked like it was pretty cool. I thought maybe you guys would be interested. Talk to you later. Bye. Hi, guys. It's on a box again. Um, I heard you talking on the last show about Hamilton and the movie version of it, and you didn't know if it was going to be a play version or not, or them filming the play being, or if it's just a movie. And spoiler alert, um, Monty, it is going to be them filming the stage production. I read it on Facebook somewhere. So uh, whether it's true or not, I've only seen it once, but I'm pretty sure that's what they're doing. Talk to you later. Bye. 
Ahoy hoy, welcome to Game Stuff. I'm your host, Coke Logic. Is it seriously still February? For the month with the least amount of days, it certainly is lasting forever. And although most of the big March releases have moved out of March, eventually we'll be playing Doom Eternal and Animal Crossing. Let's give that bottom of the barrel a nice healthy scrape. The Xbox Series X, quote unquote, specs, have been released. And by that, I mean a list of arbitrary bullet points that aren't really specs you're looking for. Such as 12 teraflops, 12 billion billion floating points of operation. So it does math good, but no mention of the processor or memory clock speeds. The next bullet point, variable rate shading, which is used for virtual reality to prioritize which pixels get the most resources based on your eyeline. Which is great because Microsoft said they weren't focusing on VR. Next is hardware accelerated DirectX ray tracing, which is lighting and reflections on surfaces. Basically, if you've already done everything else you're going to do to a game and you want it to look a little better. Next bullet point is quick resume for multiple games, which does seem nice, but I could also see it leading to leaving too many games open just out of sheer laziness. And finally, smart delivery, which is a convoluted way of saying you buy a game on the Xbox One, you can play it on the Xbox Series X. But this is a feature for the publisher to opt into and not part of the Series X. So some companies could make you pay again for a remastered version. Strangely, backwards compatibility wasn't a bullet point, which is a message you want out there, as the rumor is PlayStation 5 will be capable of playing all PlayStation games from all eras. You really want to be out there saying, they copied us. So while these do make a fine list of features, I'm more concerned if the console would be stable and strong. Ray tracing makes your game look nicer, and you'll never detect how many flops are being calculated. But if the frame rate drops, you'll notice instantly. And that's the type of info I want to see from Microsoft. Benchmark this thing. <laughs> On the other hand, Sony have said nothing about the PlayStation 5 and even canceled plans to PAX East. And while people assume it's the coronavirus, that hasn't been confirmed. Maybe they're waiting for Microsoft to share actual specs and then undercut them on every number. But they can't change too much, as it's been reported it'll take $470 to manufacture the PlayStation 5, which hopefully means they'll sell the thing for $500. I used to think the market wouldn't support a console at $500, but perhaps times and inflation have caught up to all those historic mistakes of overpriced consoles. They won't hit the mass market like $400 would, but I guess that number does come down in time. And finally, Samurai Jack Battle Through Time has just been announced on all current-gen platforms. There's a YouTube trailer showing some action gameplay. It looks decent enough but no release date other than summer 2020. This is Coke Logic signing off for Game Stuff. Live from Studio M, it's Geeks of TNG with your lovely host, Mr. Mayhem and the guy. So <laughs> you just heard a lovely little commercial from my sponsor, Build X-Wing. Rocky, shut up. Build X-Wing <laughs> to the one and only one-eighteenth scale on the market, which is perfect for your three and three-quarter figures. It's a great piece of collective guys and diorama people who like things in scale. It's fully detailed and fully realized. It comes with many fabulous things like landing, the ship has lights, R2-D2 goes boop, bop, and beep, and the expos go out into attack position. We here at Kicks of TNG like to highlight the deluxe edition, which comes with working landing lights, a static figure, a little people mover, and a static Luke Skywalker to go in the cockpit. We here at Kicks of TNG always recommend you use your three and three quarter figures for your X-Wing, but to each their own. It also comes with a fabulous little magazine guide that 
gives a nice little source material and helps you build the piece as you go along with a nice little binder that once you're done, you can bind it all together, put it on the shelf, and appreciate it for the beautiful magazine and pieces that they were. So here at Geeks of TNG, my little spot I've stolen from Kev. He can't uh, complain about it now because he's not here. Where you're going to go to a convention <laughs> with your friends. And you're going to see a lovely, lovely X-Wing on display. You know, maybe you're at Toy Fair like Monty was. And you're going to look over there and say, hmm, I'm really into that. You know, I've been collecting Star Wars figures for a while now. I got a decent sized collection. I display it in my house very well. And I think this X-Wing just really would pull the room together. You know, it would really make what I'm building and what I enjoy really just come together. So you're going to walk over there and say, hey, bud, how much does uh, this run for? And he's going to give you a number. And you're going to say, wow, okay, maybe in like 10 lifetimes when I can afford that. <laughs> what this does is the monthly subscription gives you an affordable way to get the piece you want for the home that you're building. And just this, it's a beautiful piece. It's big. It's got weight to it. You really want to enjoy it. You don't want to miss out. So if you want to reach them, they're over at buildxwing.com. But if you want to use your telephone, they're at 877-544-6779. Beautiful. Huh? So. I love it. Oodle lolly. All right, boys. Yeah. We got some toy fair stuff to talk about. Oodle lolly. No, we got some we got some stuffs in front of us. Uh, we <laughs> also got some pictures. Uh, I'm sure you guys have that open on your phone right now and not you sons of bitches. What? I'm getting it open. Yeah, Come I was on. I was enthralled by the uh, spot. You're at least tell a good lie. I'm, I'm not. Good. I was doing the spot. I'm not good at lying. Okay. Well, now you're being honest, so I guess there's that. All right. So Toy Fair 2020 over at the Javits Center in New York. So before we hit on the pictures, let me just say this. It it had a very different atmosphere there this year compared to previous times. Okay. Now, I'm not so much talking about like the stuff like that we care about, like the Mezcos, the Funkos, uh, the NECAs, the this, you know, like that sort of brand uh, stuff. But outside of that, there was like a feeling of desperation from so many people. I stop. I'm looking at something for two seconds. Salesperson like runs up to me. I stop and take a quick like general picture. Somebody tries to give me the business cards and tries to, to give me like a sales pitch to a degree. It felt like I walked down a toy aisle that was being run by used car salesmen. <laughs> now, again, I'm talking outside of the, our usual sure world of figures that we care about, but my God, was it a different atmosphere? Well, big changes between last year and this year. Most notably Toys R Us is gone. Toys R Us is gone. Right. Uh, there's a big issue with the supply chain. Correct. Right now, again, Corona. Right. Um, and you know, on the the sad part about this is because even with the companies that we love, um, although they seem to be affected by it less, but they're not immune to it. Um, I think for too many years, a lot of toy companies, the big big ones especially, squandered the toy community. Yes. I'm not talking about mom and dad buying toys for their kids because mm -hmm. that that will always be there to a certain degree. I, I, I mean like the big companies like Hasbro and Mattel um, t abusing the toy community by constantly changing 
prices, scales, size, you can't get certain. I stopped collecting so many toys simply because I couldn't find them anymore. And I was tired of- From the Mattel and the Hasbros? Yes, from the community. Mattel and the Hasbros. Although, although another one too, who I don't see any product on the table here, but I'm sure that you visited them. Um, but, but from a company like NECA, I was one of, I'm a huge NECA fan. I love their product. I love their TMNT toys. Cards, that's all I have. Um, I stopped buying their TMNT toys because I couldn't find them and I wasn't going to pay double, triple, quadruple the price Somewhere on the second hand market. Which is understandable because there, there's a lot, perfect example to a degree is Bat, Batman black and white figures, mm -hmm. uh, statues, whatever. I love the look. I love black and white photos as it is. Sure. But I just, I didn't get in on the ground floor on those. And I'm not going to buy the first five, I think, are like ridiculous amount right. of money. Where the bombshells, I got in on the ground floor. Sure. So that's also kind of helps me curtail my collection at the same time. Because I'm not paying above retail. Right. I refuse to. I hate even paying retail as it is. Right. Let alone above. Um, but there was desperation. Yeah. Uh, there was also the problem of there was that desperation because there was not that it toy that yeah. was there anywhere. The closest thing you had were some Baby Yoda products, but it's not like it was this very specific Baby Yoda had to be mine sort of right. feel to it. Uh, the closest thing I can really think of was there was an oversized Funko Pop uh, that was probably the size of like, I don't know, um, maybe it was like two feet high, three feet. Okay. Yeah, two feet high. Um, but that was it. Yeah. That was really, you know, people like smiled at it and moved on. I don't even, I don't even know if it was just a prototype or what. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, it was like, it was, you had that feel. There was just not that it toy. And with Mattel and Hasbro, uh, I had interviews lined up. Yeah. I'm not going to go into detail, but they ghost, I got ghosted. Yeah. But so that goes back to, um, Although with the moniker that you were using, I'm, I'm a little bit more surprised, but that historically goes back to how they treat media coverage, sponsorship. From Mattel and Hasbro, I'll give that to you. Even Funko was yeah. kind of, but at least they were like, they were they handled it much better. Right. Now there was, a, I will say if there was one overall theme uh -huh. there or, or something I noticed more of, which is really not that much of a surprise. There was so much regarding nostalgia. Yeah. Well, you were just saying the Ninja Turtles. Yep. From NECA. There was beautiful Ninja Turtle stuff yep. uh, from NECA. Um, there All the was, classic Ghostbusters stuff, right, from Hasbro. Which I couldn't see that because that, that's in the right. New York Times building. That's a whole nother, whole nother ball of wax. Um, there was stuff at uh, uh, Mesco. Yep. The Fleischer Superman. Yeah. Holy shit. Oh, gee, look at the, the book I have here. Yep. It's one of the tabs that I, I have uh, okay. saved right there. The Fleischer Superman looks phenomenal with the, the base set that it comes with, the backdrop, and the uh, the Popeye The Popeye looks set. The Popeye looks amazing. No, but no, but, but OG, oh, it looks better in person okay. than what it does in the pictures. It looks that phenomenal. Uh, it's one of the, one of those tags that yeah. they saved there. Yeah. Popeye. So I've actually, this is, I think maybe the second Popeye that they've done now. Cause I've seen that one okay. before. Um, or I've seen a similar sculpt to it before, but it's, it's absolutely amazing. But the Bluto, John Wick is pretty good too, but the Bluto <laughs> figure is amazing. Dude. It really like, is. And I'm like, you know, I'm like a, I'm a very loose sort of Popeye fan, but I almost kind of like, kind of want him. I, I agree with you. And seeing the way that he looked on the, the glass shelf 
Yeah. Looked phenomenal. Yeah. Just Soup, looked really Soup's good. Soup's is pretty badass. Soup's is pretty great. So again, the with uh, was it? Yes. NECA had the they had the throwback style of the turtles that right, looked like right. the old video games uh, from the cartoons and from the original movies from the nineties. Okay. Uh, at least the first two movies, I should say. Um, and that was kind of the closest thing to a vibe or feel throughout Toy Fair. Right. Yeah. Uh, also talked to uh, the CEO of Arcade One Up. Same thing. Like they're bringing back some of these these games, which people are just clamoring at. They want. They're growing so fast. And what's really cool having these kind of smaller arcade machines right. uh, in your house. Now the, the hardcore game is probably going to be you know not my cup of tea. But for the casual guys, I mean, I feel like we're all casual enough. We're not like hardcore hardcore gamers. Um, where they are growing, and it's just fantastic to see that. Um, but I think that was really it in terms of the. Like there wasn't anything new. Like there was a few like, kind of like uh, outside like go kart things. I don't even know what you would exactly call them. Like something like uh, for Frodo. Right, right. Like, kind of like remember it's something like we would almost have in gym class when we were in like middle school where you kind of like <laughs> shimmy along and these kids were just doing like figure eights in the middle of the floor. Uh, that was the closest thing to really anything cool. Now, granted, I was stupid busy sure. all all weekend. Sure, I did not get a chance to see nearly as much stuff. Uh, like I did last year. So I will admit that I did not, like I didn't even get a chance to see all the, the board game stuff that I wanted to see. Yeah, that's a good section. The it, games in general are pretty decent there. It, a lot of it also just had to do with exhaustion and yeah. get more work done. So let's just, I want to talk about some of the, booth, the booths that I did uh, get a chance to see. Okay. So, all right, well, let's start with the, the Mezco stuff because we have a toy, we have some, uh, we have their book in front of us. The coolest thing they had for their giveaway is what you're opening up right now. They gave away a Go- Agent Gomez figure right. in a lunchbox, old yeah. school looking lunchbox. I've, I've seen I've seen photos of this thing. It's it's well, first of that all, the Gomez, sick. the Gomez figure. For those of you who don't know, Gomez is the Mezco mascot. It's the ant, um, and they've put out a couple of Gomez figures now in the 112 scale. I don't know if anybody else. I just wanted to take a peek. Um, they've put out a couple of. Um, they put out a couple of Gomez's before, but this one looks great. The this, gold kind of plated retro feel. The old boombox. And the boombox and the, yeah. And, I'll, and what was great going into the booth, they had like a, a life-size version Gomez. So you were able to take a picture next to him, which I, of course, did and posted on my, <laughs> it's nice, right? Yeah. Um, now, again, it's the same thing with the, uh, the Warrior stuff that uh, Big Kev picked up from Mezco. Uh, that's something where once I set up the, set up Gomez, I'd put the lunchbox behind the figure because I think it looks just so sharp. Oh, absolutely. It, it oh, yeah. adds a little something uh, uh, to it right there. Absolutely. Which is fantastic. Now, in terms of... OG, can you pass me the book? Uh, yeah, for sure. Quick? For sure. So, uh, in, they, lots of good stuff there. I thought they would have a little bit more, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. That was just my opinion. Um, but they had at least a few things I wanted to get. So, they had the, the Gambit figure, which they showed uh, previously. Uh, Gambit's kind of like a guilty pleasure uh, character of mine. Uh, and I thought it looked really sharp. Uh, I had the proper detail. Uh, and it has that like 90s nostalgia kind of feel to it. Right. Why are you guilty 80s. about Gambit? Uh, because he's not like the biggest. How can I say this? I I don't think he provides the depth of a lot of other characters. I mean, granted, re- more recently, he's just like Rogue's love interest. Yeah. And they're playing that, you know, ridiculous storyline to death over the years. Um but that's why I always kind of like just for it, like he's like my guilty pleasure because I know he's not like the greatest character, but I just think he's great uh, or fun rather. Popeye and Bluto, which we already yep. talked about, yeah. phenomenal. And if, I really recommend, even if you're not interested in this, if you're interested in 
um, action figure photography. Yeah. You got to look at the way they set these figures up. Oh, yeah, for sure. Hysterical looking. Absolutely great. Uh, they had John Wick. Yep. Uh, and they had his, and he had his, his bulldog. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, I don't remember the bulldog's name, actually, now that I think about it. I, mm, yeah, I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember. That's one of those things where I'm like, no. I would leave that downstairs, like right next to the TV. Like since the dog is always yeah, yeah. like downstairs, I feel like this would this would be like a nice touch. Uh, and the one thing which I would absolutely fucking get uh, is the Superman Fleischer um, set. Yes. So it has one, two, three, four. It has four figures. Uh, looks like it's four figures here. I, I don't remember if there were any more that were added. Uh, three and three quarter figures. They have uh, Clark. They have Lois. They have Superman, and they have one of the uh, robots. From okay. uh, once he's like the third or fourth episode, I don't remember. But it also has like the backdrop of the lair, um, the Daily Planet, the phone booth, and everything. I don't remember what the price was on this. So again, this kind of falls into under the the five points. Gotcha. Uh, banner of things, but just phenomenal stuff. Yeah. Uh, all around. They also again kind of going from five points. We have some more three and three quarter figures. Uh, I believe it was the Agent Gomez yep. and Space Ghost, which is a uh, uh, clear. Yeah. Which those are just. What did you say? Call them before. Uh, it's, it's, like, it's like a retro style. It's yeah, like, it's like a nice kind of simple. Like old school. Well, this this it, whole like five points of articulation um, retro style figure has been a big deal for a while now. Super Seven had it for a while with their um, reaction figures, which then went to Funko for a bit. I think NECA might have had a hand in reaction for a while like everybody mm-hmm. has done something like that They've done something, something. Um, even Hasbro did a five POA Star Wars line for a while so um, my honest opinion is that someone in the toy industry said all right here's what we have to do we have to capitalize on nostalgia because nostalgia sells yeah. and we also have to figure out a way to reduce costs so how do we still sell a $15 figure but reduce production costs on it? Oh, I know. Shrink the figure, less plastic, less packaging, um, but make it nostalgic and people will just eat it up. And that's what happens. It almost sounds like a snake eyes. Kind it of almost does, but <laughs> it works. Same, this, it, it absolutely does. Um, so yeah, I mean, honestly, all around really happy with their products. Nice. Um, glad I was able to get a hold of this. That is going up on the shelf. Uh, oh, for sure. It's a beautiful eventually. piece. Really, really big fan. Uh, and I'm going to be picking up some more stuff from the Mesco toys. So that is definitely happening for sure. Uh, yes. I just wanted to just comment on something else that you said. Um, and this is a kind of thing that we've learned about toy for over the years is that the companies that we tend to pay attention to most outside of the big companies, outside of Hasbro and Mattel, right? Companies like Mesco, NECA, um, Super 7 even, um, Funko even, they no longer have to show as much as they do at Toy Fair as they used to. For those companies, they do much better showing at San Diego, New York, C2E2, because at the end of the day, fans of those lines don't want to see press photos of the figures, Yeah, which is all that's in Toy Fair. It's a press event, right? Or it's a retailer Retail event, and press, yeah. Right? Fans of those figures want to see those figures in person. And you're going to sell more of those figures through events that are open to the public than Toy Fair. And so you have seen historically a scaled down version of what those booths used to present because Toy Fair is almost becoming more and more relevant for certain types of toys as years go on. That and it's 
Mm, I mean, how do I say this nicely? Uh, I will say that one big... So, all right, let me at least get this out of the way. So I work in the journalism field, as right. it were. And I think there's a big shift in terms of how people are handling quote-unquote influencers yes. at the exact same time. Because 10, 20 minutes, the first time, as soon as I get to the job, it's, I hear someone say, you have to let me in. I'm an influencer. Yeah. And honestly, it just made my skin crawl at the same time. And I, But I know that there's a different approach for how they're handling those kind of people, how they're handling someone who has a YouTube channel, someone right. who has that Instagram account. So I get it. There is a, a shift in a lot of different ways. Um, but at the same time, they're playing such catch up at the same time. So it's it, it's a really rough place for them to be right now. It is. And in, in that regard, you know, normally I hate the influencer kind of idea and mentality. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to pop culture, when it comes to toys in particular, the influencers are the people you really should be catering to. And they don't. True. But but arguing with someone who's I get just working the front desk is not the no, way. No, 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 no. That's why I don't like influencers because they're douche canoes. Yeah. But but. My point is that, because this ties back into where this conversation started, I think historically speaking that toy companies have not known how to treat their true marketplace. And it's sad to say, but you know, I used to always complain when Entertainment Weekly would go to Toy Fair and get all of the really good interviews because no one was fucking reading Entertainment Weekly to find out about the latest toys that were coming out. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't the case. More people were going to... Um, uh, more people were going to websites. More people were going to, you know, College Humor and um, whatever um, YouTube, pop media, probably, or yeah. YouTube, or Instagram, or wherever it might be. That's what was selling the product. So, I, you know, this is a bigger conversation about the problems with the toy yes. industry. Yes. But yes. Uh, so let's go. I'm going to go move on from uh, the order that my interviews and my my booths that I visited. So after that, I went to go to McFarland's booth, uh -huh. which was. First of all, I got to say, the nicest PR people ever, ever. I wish everybody's PR people worked um, or, or were organized like that because honestly, yeah. they, they saved my ass on multiple occasions. Um, McFarland himself, yeah, great guy. Always been very pleasant. We talked baseball. Yep. We talked comic books. We talked comic book industry. Only so much I want to say here, but on the last bonus show, I did. that was pretty much all it was was my discussion with Todd McFarland, nice. which was very interesting. Um, so it's worth becoming a Patreon just for that. There you go. Um, yeah. So anyways, uh, his toys, mm -hmm. uh, I like the way that he tackled the DC multiverse so much. One interesting thing, cause we were talking about it. Kev was asking, you know, why would they come out with the, the animated toys mm -hmm. from the nineties? That's been done a million times over. And I thought he had a ver and McFarlane. I asked him that exact question. Like, why would you do this? Like, I understand the, 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 the armor Batman and Superman. That's really cool and unique. And the Batman and the, 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 the who last figure and everything makes sense. Why did this? He goes, well, we have access to a enormous vault of the DC universe right now. We want to do a little bit of everything to see what clicks. Sure. We yeah. want to see what piques people's interest. Uh, we, so we literally wanted to do just a little bit of everything. We didn't want to go too insane because we wanted to see what piqued people's interest. And I'm like, that makes absolute sense. I yeah. couldn't argue with you right there. Now, granted, it looks very similar to uh, some of the other animated stuff because you can sure. only put so much detail in that yeah. compared to the, the Oliver Queen uh, right. figure. Because like, that, that one obviously has a lot more detail in comparison, but it's also two totally different properties. Uh, but I kind of like the way he, they're just tackling that project. Uh, also, the cyberpunk 
Uh-huh. Uh huh. Thing I thought looked phenomenal. My the they guy, have the so they have the license for Cyberpunk for a handful of them. Yes, nice. I don't know exactly the the license, but uh, it looked like it was seven inch, twenty ish points of articulation. I'm really excited for that. Uh, and they looked great, especially uh, they made uh, like it look, actually looked like a stage. Nice. That they were playing guitar on everything, so it looked really nice. And the, the guy I was with thought they looked phenomenal. Uh, so all around, I thought the McFarlane pieces just looked really solid, really enjoyable. Um, and it'll be kind of interesting kind of like what they come out next with the whole multiverse thing. After that, I checked out Super 7. Right. I love Super 7. They're I'm good, they're good such, folks. such a fan of Super 7. The, I believe, from San Francisco. Uh, such of a variety. Now they have lots of sports. They have lots of... Uh, movies. They have lots of video games. They're kind of a, really. They have a little bit of everything, which is an aspect I really enjoy from the company. Um, now, one. Now, this is something I happened to have bought last week uh, at Gotham Comics. I just left it here so we can discuss. Uh, but they have the three and three quarter, the Invisible Man figure. Yep. Uh, and what I love about this, honestly, this whole lineup that they're doing here with the, the Universal Monsters, is that you have your figure, which I think looks really good. But you also have just like a really nice picture of the creature uh-huh. or, or whatever the character is rather, excuse me. Uh, and think, I think this just looks phenomenal hanging up on a wall. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people like there's the, the whole argument. Do you take them out of the package or leave them? But for the artwork alone and the, the coloring on this, I, I just really enjoy their style. They and display all, very nicely. And all their monsters look like that. Uh, all of the other toys in general kind of have like a, a, a way that they pop. The Beavis and Butthead. Yep. Toxic Avenger. Uh, they're doing uh, some but, more turtle stuff. Right, they have a Masters of the Universe Masters line. Masters of the Universe. Yeah. There's such a solid variety there Yeah. Um, that I think, I don't know if it's a matter of people don't really know about them or appreciate them. I don't know what, what the thing is, but I feel like they, they're just not as uh, at the forefront as they should be. So Super 7 is pretty much by fans for fans. Um, the people who love and know Super 7 love and know Super 7. Mass market doesn't tend to buy Super 7 as much because their product tends to be a little bit on the more expensive side Very for a true. smaller piece. But the quality of the product is always phenomenal. And so yes. they're really for collectors and and they've made a great name for themselves and a great market for themselves and good for them, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, and I think this is just a really, if you have a friend uh, or a family member maybe who's not really so much into this whole world that we're into... Uh, but maybe they're into sports. I think this is honestly like a nice like a gateway drug, as it were, honestly. Because yeah. <laughs> like I said, there was such a nice variety. I've mentioned before, I'm a big baseball fan. And there's stuff there. I'm like, I want that. I want yeah. that. I want that. And then perfect gateway drug for someone who's maybe they don't care for the comic book movies. But, you know, you can kind of introduce them to, to this. I think it's like a nice, like I said, nice way to kind of get them going. For sure. Uh, after that, I went to Arcade One Up. Okay. Uh, they're rolling out a Star Wars pinball game. Pinball machine. Nice. Mm. This is something I think. That's problematic. I, I think OG might need for, yeah. for his house. I've, been, I've, I've wanted a pinball machine for a long time. I is think, it going to be in the same point range as the price point range as I, the I, arcade I don't, cabinets? I don't recall exactly. Because the arcade cabinets are like, what, one? Three. F- for some of the bigger ones, I think they're three. Or like three. But even three is not bad compared to a, full, compared a to normal whatever. full-size cabinet. Yeah. yeah. It's like that four th- three to $4,000. Yeah. Uh, but the cabinets... Um, you know, if you turn around, it's probably about the size of the radio. Like, if you, like, laid it down and everything like that. I mean, Maybe I, a little bit smaller than I, that, actually. I'd buy a pinball machine. I mean, listen, Frodo can live under the stairs. And you yeah. can just put the stuff in, in Harry his Potter room. room. That's yeah. It. That's it. Just I, I don't need a dining room table. <laughs> That's optional, right? 
think so. Put, put, put a put a uh, like a, I had what's the word for it? A dining thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Put on top so you can eat on top of that's it. That's the leaf of the table. That's actually. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it flips over and it's. Yeah. But it was good. It looked good. They're doing some other. Uh, they had a giant NBA jam. Nice. Uh, no, like literally, it was. I think it was. 15 or 18 feet tall. It was the big head version. Like it was of one of those jam. things like the joystick was yeah. like, like, like a whole, That's it was like awesome. the size of Rocky. It was crazy. <laughs> um, actually it was like, like literally like bigger than a two liter bottle of soda. Um, and I think that's just going to be one of those. If you need a Christmas gift for, for a kid, if you need something like just really special, you want to split a, split a, yeah. a, a gift for somebody. For the holiday season, I think that's definitely going to be something on people's I, radar. I think I can sell the pinball machine because I'm I'm just saying Mrs. OG has been saying that she wants a pinball machine for the house too. So I, you know, that's there's a possibility. Some, oh, there's another one. Too. Was it Mars Attack or Aliens Attack? There was something else there for sure. If someone but ever Star, puts out the Star Adams Wars, Family one, like ooh, in in the one. small, I, I'm I'm done. That's yeah. it. I'll <laughs> buy that tomorrow. So it had like it, it looked like an old school pinball machine up top, but the the base it wasn't. Uh, it was like a video game pinball machine. Oh, nice. Okay. So so it's easy to move around and yeah, fold yeah. up and everything like that. Uh, so after that, let's see, what did I do next? So after that, um, I went to uh, Mezco. Okay. Uh, and really the big thing everybody was talking about at Mezco was the uh, the Ninja Turtle toys. You mean NECA? I was going to say, we talked about Mezco. NECA, NECA, NECA. NECA. Excuse yes. Me. No, that's you know, fine. You know, as I see the Mezco stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saw yeah so my, turtles. When we looked at my phone. Um, yeah, the turtles just looked so good. Oh god damn they look the good. The super shredder and all the that stuff. The super shredder just the way Spike they Spike and You know what it was that sold me it was the turtles on the um like the hovering skateboards yep. that they had in the sewer scene of the video yep. game from the video game. That just looked so good. The colors. Do they have a variant of Mikey jumping up and down grabbing his toe because it hit one honestly, of the... <laughs> honestly, I was thinking more like in terms of like on the ground when they're like shaking their head yeah, yeah. Like after they die or something. They looked so solid. Yeah. They they just really popped uh, in the display case mm. and people were just amazed by the coloring more than anything else. NECA puts out pretty products. If their colors look like that wasn't just for show and like all right. of the, the characters, they're going to sell insanely well. Oh, I'm sure. Well. I'm sure. Uh, and of course, they're the ones that always have the great uh, gremlins. Yep. Display. This time it was the one where they are taking over the bar. Nice. Oh, dude, it looks so good. Very nice. I like I like the movie theater one. Like I think that one's funnier. Uh huh. But uh, from last year, but the display. Oh goddamn, the display of the bar just looks it, so good. One one day you'll have to reach out to Randy, um, and ask if you can take the tour. Of mm-hmm. their uh, offices, which they're not, is they're not far from. They're, no, they're not this far at all. The town I grew up in. Uh, yeah, too, I've there. I've been there a couple times, and uh, just walk through the workshop where they're building some of those displays. Oh my See, god! I wasn't sure if that was more their offices or if that was like actually. It's their... both. Ooh. It's both. It's their sculpting studio, um, their photo studio, and then their corporate corporate space as well. Oh. It's definitely worth going over there. And and Randy sold. Randy will probably do a tour if you ask him nicely. So. I'm, that they might be in that stack of business yeah. cards right there for I'm sure. sure. Uh, now, let's see what else. And then after that, okay, so I have two more booths. Uh, I'll save the the cool one for last. So there was also this was a personal favorite. I don't know how much. I know sandwich. You're not going to like this. There was Trick or Treat Studios. Okay. Mm-hmm. So m- very much into the horror. Yeah. Uh, they had the okay. wear pups. They have right? the wear pups. What? Think Cabbage Patch dolls, but they're werewolf puppies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it cute or is it scary? They're creepy well, they're as in, hell. They're, they're, they're in the they're uh, they're in the pictures so in the photo are. album. Yeah, they look so good. Yeah. <laughs> they but they're silicone. Yeah, they're like legit. Like they're they said like no, they're not like plasticky cheapy. They're like heavy. Like there's some girth, you know. And, and they kind of feel real. They're 
creepy they're, in a good way, but they're creepy. They're creepy. Like it looks like something like Tom Savini made, like you know, yeah. on a on a you know, and in his nightmares, and he just put this on. Yeah, uh, it looks really good. Holy shit! Um, I don't. I wouldn't want one in my house. I think it would frighten me. Someone's gonna buy it for their house. I know. I know. No, I'm just asking for it now. Um, <laughs> um, Rocky, be nice to OG. No, oh, he's just giving me love. Okay. Um, they also had what else did they had? They have um, they had some Michael Myers. They had some Mortal Kombat masks for like uh, nice. Scorpion and Sub Zero. They had some great figures. I want to say like ten inch figures. Okay. Um, what, are you trying to find it? No, no, no. Later. Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll That's talk cool. Later. Yeah, we'll talk later about that. Uh, some. We'll tell you later. Okay. Uh, and uh, but my favorite part is they had an indie horror character from a movie from some guys from Staten Island. Okay. Something good came out of Staten Island, OJ. What what's what was the horror movie? Uh, Terrifier. Okay. okay. This is something I talked about when I went to the convention center in Atlantic City uh-huh. last year. Uh, this indie horror movie that him and somebody in Long Island, I believe, made, and it did really good amongst like the the horror community. Yeah, yeah. And they made a the the, the lead slasher killer, whatever his name is, Art the Clown, and they made a ten inch figure. Of this guy. And nice. he looks phenomenal. That's awesome. And they're coming out at the end of this year. Nice. I want that for shit, sure. And they're also doing like Universal Monster Movie Christmas ornaments. Oh, that's cool. And they, But you know what? They look solid. Like they're going to be, they come out, they're going to be a little pricey for each one. Right. But the detail looks, Our looks really, good. So you get your favorite one. Really, really. Yeah. You get like your favorite one or two. Like, yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to do like Frankenstein and Bride. Right. That yeah. Makes sense. And it looks really phenomenal. That's awesome. Absolutely stellar. Uh, best for last. Okay. Arguably. Okay. DC. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I saw the photos. That, there's only one piece that I really need. So before, um. <laughs> before, we, yeah, before we go into the whole thing, yeah. I, as everyone knows, I'm a Bombshells fan. Yes. Got on the ground floor, as I mentioned before. And um, as I go, I just can't wait to see the Bombshells. It's like, all right, well, let's just do that. Get that out of the way. I send to show you <laughs> yeah. the, the, the Bombshells one, the, the duo, because they've been yeah. doing that a little bit, which I love. It was uh, Black yeah, Canary and, and uh, Oliver. Yep, and Green Arrow. Oh, so good, so good. Doing a like a acoustic guitar slash singing thing, yeah. and it looks stellar. And it's <laughs> no, I'm talking to Jim Fletcher, by the way. Yeah, kind of a big deal. Yeah, and I go, I'm sorry, I just have to send this to a buddy right away, or he's gonna so he he's gonna flip out. Yeah, he goes, oh, for for the sake of like annoying your friend, absolutely. Go yeah, ahead. <laughs> really cool. Uh, and I sent that out. I can't wait to own that piece. I know you will oh too. It's, God, just, yeah. it's glorious. They're even doing another Poison Ivy Christmas variation yep. one too. For all the characters, they're doing some more animated characters. Okay. Batman the animated uh, characters. Now what they're doing is they're taking some newer characters also and they're making it in that same style. Ooh. What I'm really hoping for down the road, I mean this is a pipe dream. Jim didn't acknowledge this or talk about it by the way or anybody else from Warner Brothers. Maybe when this whole HBO thing plays out later on down the road. Maybe there's going to be a new Batman animated series that comes out. I mean, that would be nice. Holy yeah. shit, would it be amazing? That would be nice. That'd be awesome. I wouldn't be upset. Be stellar. There was also this dog, man. He's excited. What is to he see. doing? I think he saw, he smells your cat, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, the uh, DC zombies. Uh huh. The deceased, deceased, as it were. Yeah. I'm a fan. They look good. Yeah. I know not everyone's going to like them. But uh, they also like they added they added a dab of blood. They did this and yeah. that. They don't look too bad. I'm gonna I'm not gonna lie to you. They they would look good under the right circle under the right light, the right landscape. Uh, I think people are gonna want to be inter- into that. Yeah. N- eh? You're not feeling it. I'm kind of mad on the DC deceased. Did you uh, read the books? I I like skimmed them. I thought they were all right. Okay. I don't know. I 
For, I like, for, for me, those ones aren't about the quality of the books. It's about the design of the character. The so, book could so, stink, but if the design looks cool, so like, might sell me. I really digged Marvel Zombies. Sure. But DC's, I don't know, it just didn't. Because I always figured the DC zombie stuff was like Blackest Night or whatever. Right. I got you. So then they did it again. It was like, uh, I feel it's, you. It's all good. Now, one of my favorite lines, uh, same thing as last year, are the DC Artist Alley. The Brittany Lee uh, Catwoman piece? The that's the pink, pink one. one? Yeah, I'm oh looking at it right now. It looked great. Amazing. I couldn't tell the, the material because yeah. obviously you don't want to touch these damn things. Uh, it looked beautiful. Yeah. It looked sleek. Yeah. That's, I think, the best phrase to really use that. Uh, I know Kev is going to be getting this Joker one here. What do they yep. call it? Uh, the, uh, it was a Joker by Brant Peters. Brent yeah, Peters? Brant Peters. Love Brant Peters' work. Really good. Yep. Really good, especially with the card next to it and everything. Uh, there's some other stuff from uh, some more Batman. Uh, what do they call it? They're calling it. Uh, it's DC Artist Alley Batman by Zach Hefflinger, mm-hmm. which looks really stellar. Uh, and there's some other. Uh, there's another Joker one. Just really fun. It looks like a cartoon come to life. Yeah. That's really the best way I can really, really phrase those. Uh, and what else do we have? Uh, oh, we also have the uh, DC. I forgot what they're calling. I don't remember if they're calling them Power Girls or whatever the case may be. But they're doing these Frank Cho statues. Right. It's Harley Quinn, Poison Ivy, and. It's got to be Power Girl. Batwoman. Batgirl. Oh, but really? Definitely not Power Girl. Oh. Because. They're doing, they're attacking, how can I say this? They're doing this in a different light. Okay. They're actually making female statues uh-huh. with realistic fi- features. Gotcha. Think of it as in terms of like, these are the things you don't mind if your young child looks at. I gotcha. I gotcha. It, it's, it's like they're, they're aiming for a mature, you know, let's, let's forget what, a, the, let's not make this a boys club sort of deal. Right. And you can tell like they're kind of really committing to this to a degree. Um, and it's the same thing with the bombshells. Like they're kind of tweaking it. So yeah. like, again, it's like the empowerment, uh, which is one of those things where it's like I wouldn't mind buying this for my daughter. It's just, I mean, I love them. I did. I just find it funny that they picked Frank Cho to be the artist. Why is that? Because Frank Cho is very much into pinup and cheesecake. Um, although his women tend to be thick and muscular, um, but he's he's just an interesting artist. For them to choose. Like, I'm surprised they didn't try to find some... I, I don't know. I, I And I love Frank Cho. I'm a huge Frank Cho I get fan. You. I got you. It's just, to me, the I'm, I'm trying to marry the two things in my head. And it's it's an interesting decision. That's all. Understandable. Um, but it's kind of interesting. His uh, uh, Of all the lines that we went over, uh, that was the one where he spent the most amount of time I thought was pretty interesting Yeah. Uh, there. So uh, I'm hoping we uh, be able to work with him in some capacity in the future. Uh, in doing so, he then asked, like, oh, well, can you want to take a picture? I'm like, I would love to. <laughs> would you like a sketch? I would love I one. I would love one. He took the business card for his PR person from Warner Brothers. He was like, I'll be right back. I need two minutes. He went in the back room. He did, like, a little sketch on the goddamn thing. Yeah. And I have, like, a little... Uh, it's, not, it's around here. It's, so, it's oh, yeah, right there. It's in the bottle, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm super, super excited about this one. Yeah. Um, and what's really great is I'm like... I, I told the PR person, I'm like, well, Lindsay... Uh, I guarantee you I will always have your information handy because obviously this is going to go in like one of those like baseball card load, uh, top loader thingies yep. uh, and just going to be put up on the wall. Yeah, he's uh, amazing. He's such up. a nice guy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, actually, I did forget one one company, uh, Boss Fight Studios. Oh, Boss Fight always does a good job, too. Uh, 
honestly, OG, I, a part of me feels like if your eyesight ever goes for yeah. your for your Twitch games, yeah. you can kind of take some of these characters and <laughs> use them use them for your D and D sessions. Uh, sure, they because they have like the Gorgon, they have the fantasy line, the Greek line. My favorite one was this cursed skeleton uh-huh. with enchanted remains. Nice. Uh, uh, Hacks series one, and I just thought this was so cool. This I think this was my favorite one. I know they had a lot of other stuff, a lot of other varieties. We've talked about stuff. them on the show a whole lot. We of have. Years. Yeah. Uh, what was it last year? Um, yeah, big one last year. I remember they had the zombies, but yeah. it was like the zombies that like the people doing everyday things. Right, like, I think right. A basketball player. I think yeah. there was like a janitor or something like that. Uh, and they're phenomenal. Uh, if anything, again, it's just one of those things where I wish they were more accessible and just you can walk into any comic book and store just get them to try to pick yeah. them up. That gotcha. just just doesn't happen as much. I gotcha. Um, but an interesting Toy Fair 2020 all around. Are you okay, Sandwich? Yeah. Are you good, buddy? I, all I, good? I, I hate to be rude, but I actually have to depart because my okay. child is waiting That's for okay. me That's okay. If you actually up. listen, the, yeah. the, the wrap-up music's playing oh, good. Okay. right now, so okay. everything's good. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you can find us over at geekstufftng.com. It's the same thing on our Instagram, Facebook, and the Twitters. Uh, you can find me online as Monty's Mayhem, M-O-N-T-E-S-M-A-Y-H-E-M. On the Twitter, on the Instagrams, on the Snapchat, but most importantly, the YouTube, which I've been trying to, you know, ramp up and do you some have. videos and enjoying doing that there. Uh, Mr. Sandwich, sir. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Xbox One at Fat Dumbledore, F A T D O M B L E D O R E. And Mr. Oscar Gamble, please <laughs> oh, okay. go ahead. Okay. You, you can find me uh, across all of the social media platforms at GeekStuffOG, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch most uh, most often. What's your Twitch uh, schedule? Uh, I stream Mondays D&D, Wednesday video games, and Thursdays just chatting is my current schedule. Sometimes there's a crafting stream in there as well. So Which um, that, that I'm waiting for you to yeah. really kind of go gun ho Yeah, that, well, so. those I have to kind of space out because I only have so many projects I can work on in a I certain amount of time. Oh, we need to but, talk, oh, we yeah. forgot to talk about the beer thing. We'll yeah. talk about that another time, but right. we really do need to talk about that. Uh, and Big Kev is BKGS most places or Big Kev GS on uh, Xbox. There That's what that is. you go. Yeah. Uh, and with that, gentlemen, oh goddamn, <laughs> we will end this episode the way we end some episodes by saying, "Good night, Big Kev, wherever you are." And on that note, we cue the music. And my time was running wild on the Indian streets And every time I thought I got it made It seemed the taste was not so sweet So I turned myself to face me I've never caught a glimpse How the others must see the faker I'm much too fast to take that test Ch-ch-ch-changes Turn and face the strange Ch-ch-changes Don't wanna be a richer man